This is Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm here with... Dave Barker. And uh, we've been thinking a little bit, Dave, about how the church um, deals with the voices to call them off-center into more political activism. As much as we are concerned about politics, I think we should be. Uh, the state of our city, of our nation, is a concern to us. Their righteousness does exalt a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to know what righteousness is. So having said all that, we also are mindful that um, we can lose our center and become about something other than the gospel proclamation. Uh, good things, uh, but not what we're called to do. So when that happens, quite often um, we speak to each other in tones that are um, acerbic, they're, they're ad- adversarial, and we begin to argue, and the church can be torn apart if it doesn't know how uh, to think together, to speak truth in love, and to appeal to uh, the authority base of the Word of God. And so I want to talk about um, what, are, what, what is some good counsel uh, to churches that are dealing with uh, political issues or theological issues? Uh, how could we do this in a way that does not uh, create victory laps in Satan's domain? Mm. So I know you've been reading something on this, and uh, we can refer to that, but that's what we want to think about today. Yeah, and uh, I think it's it's a really important part of this whole conversation And I don't think that much of it has been characteristic of some of the things that we're going to talk about here. Um, uh, I'm reading an article. uh, There's a a magazine called In Trust, and it's basically a magazine for uh, academic uh, administrators. And it's for presidents and board members and and that kind of thing and and academic leaders. And so it, it, it tends to speak about that kind of thing. But there is this article that came out that uh, spoke, and it was very American, and speaking to the issues that are happening in the U.S. between red and blue and the division that's happening there. But I thought that uh, the guy's name is Timothy Franson, and he's, I thought he had some really good things to say about tone and about how to interact with differences. And, and, and when you put it in, you know, in, in many ways... Uh, when you put it in his context, it's even more extreme than what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But he, for him to say the things that he's saying in that kind of context, mm-hmm. I think makes it even more relevant. Right. To It's still rather uh, acerbic, is the word he used. But I don't think nearly as polarizing as what we're seeing in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. So I think he has some things to say to us about how to approach some of these things. Okay, so how are we to think about the evil one who has a, has a design, he has a scheme to undo what is glorious about the church, and that is our unity, the way we are a piece of heavenly community on earth. Yeah. So he's up to something, yeah. and um, what... Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is Ephesians 6, right? Mm-hmm. And we're in a spiritual warfare, and the whole armor of, of faith and scripture mm-hmm. and, and all those kinds of things that are talked about there in Ephesians 6... I think mm-hmm. come to the fore, like right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And so in that particular aspect of spiritual warfare, 
I think we have a very clear text on how the church is to proceed with those kinds of things. And again, I don't see political action. I don't see institutional takeovers, even in something like that, right? It's uh, very much a, a notion of keeping the focus on Christ, keeping the focus on the gospel, and relying on the Spirit and the power of the Spirit and Christ active in the world to help us to do well in our calling and mission as a church. But I think that we can learn some things about how to approach people who differ. And that's what we're involved in, right? Yeah. And uh, I I really like what this guy had to say um, about some of the tone things. Should we... Should we look for churches where there are no differences? Maybe that's the way to have peace, just find people who agree with you all the time? Well, good luck on that one. Okay. <laughs> so it's not going to happen? So you got to learn? So. Yeah, so what we, we're saying yeah, here might... This, it, it applies to uh, perhaps even individual, even within families, yeah. let alone right. at a more broad, you know, even national or at least institutional or denominational level. Because that's what happens, right? People say, I can't get along here. Yeah. I'll, I'll find somewhere where I will. Yeah. And you bring yourself with you and the same thing happens. So yeah. this, we need to hear this. Yeah. Okay. So um, his, he, he called it the ABCs and he actually included a D. The first three were positive. The second one was kind of a don't. All right. But the first one was... Um, Acknowledge differences and seek to understand the intent of contrary opinions. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, as I, I, as I listen to kind of the stuff that's happening and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I've come under attack, mm-hmm. you've come under attack, both Stan and I have been called to repentance. Um, I want to hear them. I want to hear what they're saying and why they're saying what, they're, what they are. And I remember uh, Stan and I, before he you know, suffered his stroke, we met with one of uh, a primary leader in the whole post-millennial theonomy movement. And we had a great conversation. We parted, not agreeing with, with each other, but we parted saying that we're not going to throw stones at each other. But what did you agree on? We agreed on the gospel. Right. We agreed that the gospel is what transforms the world. And that the intentions were to honor the Lord. Right. And to be faithful. And, and it's interesting because as a post-millennialist, he said to us, I'm a post-millennialist after the, no, the way of Jonathan Edwards. We asked mm-hmm. him specifically that question. Yeah. And he said, yes, I am. Now, the difficulty is, as we've seen some things play out in the last few years... Uh, it's kind of betrayed that he's not. And he has become a voice that has become very difficult to hear. Edwards wouldn't recognize it. No, I don't, no, Edwards wouldn't recognize it. So yeah, that first one is acknowledge the differences and seek to understand the intent of contrary opinions. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And and you know as well as I do, when when Stan was able to speak, he was excellent at that kind of thing. He was the best. And... Well, we're back to lamenting Stan's uh, stroke, but um, yeah. And, and, you know, even as we try to carry on from him, we need to hear his voice in this conversation, Mm -hmm. which is always gracious. Never ad hominem. Never. And thoughtful, asking good questions, right? Sometimes those questions were very threatening Mm -hmm. because they were extremely good, right? The second one was bridge all relationships with grace. This is the B, 
bridge all relationships with grace, discernment, and non-judgmental listening. Okay, well, that's very similar to, to the A, acknowledge differences, but it's that whole notion of, of listening. And uh, yeah. No, it's, it doesn't mean you're not listening critically. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're listening, listening and you're respecting the person who is trying to explain his view. And you may go back to it and kind of discuss it, but you've got to hear it first. Right. And when, when, I think when he writes non-judgmental, he's not saying non-critical. Mm-hmm. Um, but try to keep as an open mind as possible to listen to the other side. Um, but no, we're not putting our mind aside. We're not. We're, and one of the reasons we listen is because, much to our shock, we might be wrong on something. Wow. That and is we're being really corrected. Shocking. Yes, doesn't happen <laughs> often enough. I'm afraid. Oh yes. Um, and then he says, and I th- this is a very interesting point that I hadn't thought of before. Because the first two, you know, we're, we're that's pretty familiar. But listen. Consider whether what you read or hear makes you angry or frightened. And you know what? That struck me because, yeah, I get angry or even I get frightened that maybe something is going to be lost here, right? If so, suspect the intent that is playing to your emotions and be cautious about whatever distracts from creatively challenging you. Mm-hmm. So when we're, we're, when we're being frightened or being made angry, Stirred up. we're losing focus. Mm-hmm. And there's almost an intent there to distract us right. from as objective as we can be mm-hmm. in the conversation and in the dialogue. And we're being played on. Now, he says suspect it, right? Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, as you know, we need to be stirred up, right? So the Word of God can stir us up. Okay. A, a good sermon can stir us up. And you need to say, okay, what's, why am I being stirred up? Exactly. I mean, where is this coming from? Because it's a great way to manipulate people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you, a news feed will do that all the time. A headline will be sensational. And you, you know they want to get some emotion out of you for whatever reasons they have economic or otherwise. And that works in, in good ways too, right? I mean, you think about the abortion debate and some of the most uh, powerful defenses um, against abortion use some pretty intense mm-hmm. language mm-hmm. and pictures, pictures yeah. and rhetoric. And I... Th- it's deliberate. But for the most part, I think this, this article is saying um, when we read something on our news feed, on, on, our, on our phones, uh, we should be suspicious about the origin of that thing and its intent. Right. And are we being played? And I think we are. Yeah. And, and so you noted, you noted that key word, suspect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I, that's critical to this, mm-hmm. to this point that we're, we're talking about right now. Uh, the, the fourth one was a D. So that's A, B. A was acknowledge. B was bridge. C, consider. All right. And then D, <laughs> there's a bunch of Ds here. Um, don't default to degrading others. Retain dignity and respect for all. So there's a bunch of Ds, right? So, and, and that don't default immediately to degrading or denouncing others. You wait a little while before you do that? Is that what? <laughs> well, I, I think it's... It's all part of listening. It's all mm-hmm. part of 
of hearing them and maybe believing the best in people. Maybe, maybe we've got to get a little better at saying, you know what, I, I'm not going to necessarily conclude, for some maybe you have to, but conclude that this is a bad person or that there actually is some, some uh, dignity to this person that is worthwhile maintaining. What if they're, what if it, what if they're a heretic and good guy... But a heretic. I mean, how does the tone change then? Well, I think there's a place to call uh, mm-hmm. call things out. The Apostle Paul certainly called out mm-hmm. people. If you pre- if any man preach another gospel, if anyone preach another gospel, let him be accursed. And by the way, in Galatians one, he says, if you didn't hear it the first time, uh, yeah. let me say it again. A little bit of tone to that. There is a bit of tone to that. It's called an imprecation. It's mm-hmm. rooted in the imprecations in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a place for that. Okay. okay? So yeah, but. I don't know. I think we need to at least start with Mm -hmm. a sense of believing in there may be good here to Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're not about to give up the faith. We're not about to give up orthodoxy. And we're not about to give up what the central mission of the church is all about. We just got a couple minutes left. How many more D's have you got? That's it. I've got them. So the D's are don't default to degrading others, retain dignity and respectfulness for all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What What was the bridge one? Was that the bridge that one? one? Bridge relationships with grace. Okay. So, to me, pretty straightforward stuff. Mm-hmm. But that one about creating the emotion. Mm-hmm. I'm very prone to that. I yeah. think anybody who knows me, right. and and it cautions me to mm-hmm. just okay, slow this thing down. Try to maybe even get in the same room, or something, and let's just. Right. See if we can get away from the emotional side. At the same time, as you have said, there are times when we have to mm-hmm. be a little bit more feisty in the way we handle some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you see some of the news uh, outlets have always got breaking news, like this is sensational, it's the best thing ever, and we're suckers for that. We love to be stirred up. And there are so many good things to be stirred up about, so many legitimate alarms to be sounded, mm-hmm. that we don't need to make things up, right? Right. And uh, there are something alarming and exciting about the gospel. So... Uh, we can navigate these waters. We can communicate to one another in a way that does not embarrass the church of God. Uh, but uh, we, we do need to be careful that we don't be drawn into these worldly ways of dealing with issues. So, Dr. Dave, we're out of time. I know you've got a, a lunch date uh, coming up with a dear brother. So we're going to have to conclude our thinking for now, thinking about this, go on to whatever else you like. But until then... We've been thinking about, for the last three weeks, important conversations about how to keep the church centered on the main thing. And I hope that that's what you're about this week. Send us an email if you want to follow up on any of our conversations. We'd be glad to include that in our next podcast. Until then, I'm Bob McGregor with... Dave Barker. Thanks for thinking about it with us. 